And welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. everybody and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Great to be with you. Hope everybody is safe and well. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and get $10 off your first order by using the promo code LOCKEDON. All right, we've got a lot to talk about today. We'll discuss uh, a little bit about some more Rumors coming out and bits and pieces of news coming out about the NHL's plans to resume. We'll also talk about how the Islanders may benefit more than almost any other team by this layover or suspension of play uh, that the NHL was forced to do because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, I'll tell you, the Islanders may actually benefit very much in the long run from this. We'll have... Uh, A Stanley Cup clinching win on this date in Islanders history, and we will continue our series of the biggest what-ifs in Islanders history today discussing what if Ryan Smith had re-signed with the Islanders. Uh, Don't forget, if you have a question, a comment, something that's on your mind, feel free to send us an email. You can email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air uh, when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars N Y R V S N Y I. All right. So the latest news regarding the potential resumption of play, and again, lots of. Uh, rumors going on out there, but at the end of the day, uh, the Players Association uh, essentially indicating that nothing has been finalized as of yet. And the big obstacle, according to James Van Riemsdyk, who is a player representative, that no one wants to be away from their families for months on end. And this is a big issue because, look, let's face it, if self-quarantining is part of the necessary uh, steps that need to be taken to resume play, when you start off self-quarantining during a two or three or maybe even four-week training period, it starts informally, goes to practices, etc., let's say you take three, four weeks to train, then you play, you know, maybe uh, two, three weeks worth of regular season games. And then you're already up to six weeks to to two months 
And then the playoffs have to start. Playoffs, if you go all the way, really takes another two months if they play, you know, the usual best of seven series in all the different rounds. So you're talking about, you know, realistically being away from your family, not being able to physically see them for, you know, three, maybe even three and a half, four months for the teams that go all the way to the Stanley Cup final. And that's difficult. And, you know, the players are balking at that. But at the end of the day, still, according to Van Riemsdyk, uh, a number of different possibilities on the table as far as resuming play, although 24 teams in two hubs still seems to be the most discussed of the options at this point in time. Now, the Islanders, if you think about it, though, really could benefit from this suspension of play. A couple of reasons. First of all, you're going to get players healthy again. And it certainly means uh, a guy like uh, Casey Sezikis uh, is going to be back and healthy. It certainly means that Cal Clutterbuck will be a lot healthier than he was when he started to come back from his injuries. Adam Pellick might even be able to return depending on how long it takes uh, before play is actually resumed. But here's the other thing that certainly does benefit the Islanders. The last three or four weeks before the break, the Islanders were really playing their worst hockey of the season. And the break, the secession of play, and then eventually resuming almost like a fresh start in many ways, derails the negative uh, momentum that the Islanders had at the time that play was suspended. And had the Islanders and, and the rest of the league just kept on playing throughout the last half of March and into April and started the playoffs on time, it would have been a struggle for the Islanders to qualify for the playoffs. So now we're faced with a situation where whether the 24 teams start with a round-robin sort of playoff mini-series to see which teams make the final 16 or whether or not those 24 teams go to the two hubs, play a lot of games to finish the regular season and then have 16 teams make the playoffs, you know, either one of those choices, A, guarantees the Islanders a chance to finish the season and make the playoffs, and it puts them in a situation where that negative momentum that had been holding the Islanders back, that had been, uh, you know, the sort of negative emotions that snowballed for the Islanders in February and March are going to be distant memories, and all of a sudden, every team is going to be on equal footing. And I think when you add to that the fact that the Islanders have an experienced coach who has won a Stanley Cup, who has been a consistent winner over the course of his career in Barry Trotz, that will help the Islanders be one of the teams that responds better to the resumption of play rather than a team that is dealing with an inexperienced coach and may struggle 
under the unusual circumstances once play does resume. The Islanders really could be one of the big winners in that sense uh, by the succession of play and, and really get a fresh start once play gets underway. And if you want to be a big winner, try Built Bar. Built Bars are the best tasting protein bar out there. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors, all of them covered in 100% chocolate. Eight of them have nuts. Eight of them are nut-free. They're soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are great for the health-conscious guy or gal, especially during this difficult time of self-quarantining. You could lose or maintain weight, and it feels like you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Look at the mint brownie flavor. 15 grams of protein in one bar, just 110 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. We have a special offer right now for Locked On Islanders listeners. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Once again, that's the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, time for this date in Islanders history. We go back to May 21st, 1981 at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Islanders and Minnesota North Stars in Game 5 of the 1981 Stanley Cup Finals. Islanders up 3-1 to one in this series at this point, having won games 1 and 2 at home by identical 6-3 to three scores, and then taking Game 3 in Minnesota, a high-scoring affair. Islanders winning it 7-5. to five. The North Stars stayed alive by winning Game 4 up in Minnesota by a score of 4-2. to two. And now the Islanders trying to close it out and win their second straight Stanley Cup on home ice by taking on the North Stars here in goal for Minnesota. Don Beaupre, the Islanders, going with Batlin Billy Smith, their future Hall of Famer. And the Islanders got on the board first with Brad Palmer of Minnesota off for holding at 352. The Islanders' power play clicks at 512. Butch Goring, his ninth of the playoffs from Bob Bourne, and the Islanders held a one to nothing lead. 25 seconds later, the Islanders add to the lead as Wayne Merrick gets his sixth of the playoffs. John Tonelli and Bob Nystrom with the assist, 2-0 Islanders, and the crowd starts to get excited. The Islanders add to their lead midway through the period, goring his second goal of the game, 10th of the postseason, Clark Gillies and Mike Bossy with the assist at 10-03, and it's 3-0 Islanders. This game is starting to look like a blowout. To their credit, the North Stars hung in there, and Steve Kristoff gets his eighth goal of the playoffs unassisted at 16.06. After the first period, it was the Islanders three and the North Stars one. The second period was a more physical period. There was uh, a lot of activity. Paul Schmier off for elbowing at 7.33. 
the Islanders had a power play, could not cash in. Greg Smith of the North Stars called for cross-checking at 14:43, But again, Beaupre comes up with some big saves, and the Islanders again still unable to cash in. But in the final minute of the period, Bob Bourne gets his fourth goal of the playoffs, assists to Billy Carroll and Anders Kaller at 19:21, and the Islanders have a three-goal lead heading into the locker rooms at the second intermission. That was big. A little bit of uh, a little bit of extracurricular activities happening right before the period ended as Kevin Maxwell of Minnesota and Gordy Lane of the Islanders each called for roughing with just five seconds left in the second stanza. In the third period, again, the Islanders able to keep Minnesota at bay. Mike McEwen gets a little insurance goal at 17.06 of the third period with the assist going to Brian Trottier, and the Islanders skate away with a 5-1 to one victory and their second consecutive Stanley Cup. Billy Smith, 24 saves in this game to earn the victory. The Islanders out shooting the North Stars, 33-25 to 25 in this one. As far as multiple point games, Goring, who ended up being named the Conn Smythe Trophy winner as the playoff MVP, had two goals. Bob Bourne with a goal and an assist. Gordy Lane and Bob Lorimer actually led all Islanders players with a plus two, plus minus rating. And who do you think led the Islanders in shots and goal in this game? Wasn't Bossy. He had one. Wasn't Brian Trottier. He had two. Wasn't even Clark Gillies. It was Mike McEwen with eight shots on goal out of the team's 33. Gillies, Goring, uh, each had four, with Dave Longevin figuring in on three shots on goal for the Islanders. Again, the Conn Smythe Trophy is playoff MVP going to Butch Goring, and that trade made a year earlier, looming even larger as Goring uh, ends up winning. Here's the quote from Butch uh, after the game. Uh, he said, I've always been sort of a hound. I learned when I was a kid that the only way to get the puck is to go and get it. Since I'm not six foot three, I have to trick them and use speed and pester them. So the five foot nine, 166 pound Goring, uh, getting the job done. And his mother, Audrey, who happens to also have been at his Jersey retirement ceremony this year, uh, was quoted after the game as saying, he plays just like he did when he's a boy. Butchie is just good old country butch. And uh, I'll tell you, that was a, a a great quote and a great moment. And uh, Butch Goring getting the job done. Here's the, the quote from North Stars head coach Glenn Somner after the series was over. We knew what to expect from their dominant guys, Dennis Potvin, Mike Bossy, Brian Trottier, but I don't think we were prepared for so much offense out of Goring. The result, the Islanders winning their second straight Stanley Cup, and it all happened on this date in Islanders history, May 21st, 1981.
All right, so we continue our series on the biggest what-ifs in Islanders history. We'll go back to 2007, when the Islanders made a trade deadline deal with the Edmonton Oilers to acquire Ryan Smith, the man known as Captain Canada, known as uh, the leader of the Oilers, played on that team for 12 seasons, and then March 1st, 2007, he comes to Long Island to make his debut with uh, in a game against the St. Louis Blues. And here's the thing about Ryan Smith and the trade that the Islanders made. The Islanders at that point were hoping very badly to get into the playoffs, and they battled hard down the stretch. They were a pleasant surprise that 2006-2007 season, and Smith was supposed to be the final piece of the puzzle that helped get them into the playoffs. And he did. He was able to help them. Uh, he had a few pretty big games for the Islanders uh, during his tenure there, and... At the same time, more importantly than that, the Ryan Smith trade made Islander fans realize that the team was committed to making the playoffs, committed to winning, committed to improving the team. And when you look back at what the Islanders' history had been in the 90s, for example, uh, and then again, a fallout after the early 2000s when they made the playoffs a couple of times, that was a big step forward for this team. Now, Smith played 18 games with the Islanders, five goals, 10 assists, so 15 points in 18 games. That in and of itself, uh, a pretty good output uh, for Smith. The key question that was being asked, however, is how badly did Ryan Smith want to be an Islander? And I remember attending, uh, you know, and watching that press conference when he first arrived. And, you know, he clearly had reservations. He was happy in Edmonton. And really, you know, spoke to the Oilers media at the airport before leaving, hoping he was going to bring a Stanley Cup uh, win one with the Islanders, but he would, of course, bring it back to Edmonton. And it was tough for him emotionally to leave Alberta and come to Long Island. To his credit, he played well and got the Islanders into the playoffs. They made it on the last game of the season on the, on the famous poke check by goalie Wade Dublowitz. And they ended up as the eighth seed facing the Buffalo Sabres in a series where the Sabres were the one seed in the Eastern Conference. Islanders managed to win game two of that series in Buffalo, and that was a 3-2 victory. They lost game one, and then lost a couple of tough matchups at home, losing game three, 3-2, three losing game four, four to two, uh, although that last goal came with only a minute, 12 seconds left 
And, you know, it was a close game the whole way. End up losing the final game of the series 4-3. to three. So every game except game one of that playoff series was a close one. And Smith didn't play poorly. Uh, Smith had a goal and three assists. So four points in five games. Not a bad output for Ryan Smith. But Smith was a rental player. And the Islanders made him a substantial offer to try to get him to stay with the team. And instead, Smith ended up going to the Colorado Avalanche, signing a five-year, $31.2 million contract, which was, by the way, less money than what the Islanders had offered him. And that ended up being a slap in the face to the New York Islanders. It hurt the team without question. It hurt the team's ego because it made it look like Long Island was still not a destination that a lot of teams wanted to play in. And here was Smith. He was 30 going on 31 in 2007-2008. He did not have a particularly strong season in the two years he spent with the Avalanche. That first year, limited to only 55 games, 14 goals, and 37 points. He picked it up a notch the following three seasons, had 26 goals and 59 points with Colorado, spent two years with the LA Kings, going over 20 goals and roughly... 50 points each year, uh, 53 points in 2009-2010, 47 points in 2010-2011, then ends up finishing his career with two years in Edmonton. The, the good point is, had, the, had Smith stayed with the Islanders, he certainly would have been playing top-line minutes, which he didn't necessarily play in Colorado. Uh, He had some good chemistry in Colorado with Joe Sackick, but Smith at this point was getting older and the physical style that he played, his body started to break down. He had neck injuries, ankle injuries, head injuries. So at the end of the day, Smith never was able to live up to that $31.2 million contract. That's, you know, $6 million plus per year. Had he signed a deal that the Islanders had offered to him, yeah, emotionally, the Islanders would have been happier. They would have gotten the guy they wanted to build around. He certainly had leadership characteristics that a young team like the Islanders could have used at that point. But I think the fact that Ryan Smith had trouble staying healthy, that his heart really wasn't in it. The Islanders, even though it didn't feel that way at the time, were probably better off not using all that cap money on Ryan Smith and really sticking with a younger core of player and and, and being able to add some additional players that they signed in free agency that following year, and those players ended up being a little bit more productive. They end up bringing in 
Bill Guerin, who becomes the captain of the team. They end up bringing in Ruslan Fedotenko, who ends up playing well. And I, I think overall, even though the Islanders in 2007-2008 struggled, in part due to uh, injuries, surprise, surprise, to uh, some of their key players, they also would not have necessarily done better with Ryan Smith in the lineup. So, yeah, the Smith trade would have helped morale a little bit, but on-ice performance, Ryan Smith was past his prime, and I think the Islanders were better off that he did not sign with the team. All right, that wraps things up for this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL. Everybody, please take care. Stay safe. Remember, every day brings us one day closer to the resumption of the hockey season. And of course, let's go Islanders.